is Wide Receiver Reflections Day. We are going to look back at the year that was for the wide receiver position and then look ahead to the wide receiver position for the year of our Lord 2022 fantasy football because it is never too early to look forward to the summer. Trust me, it's cold out there. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Ed Birdsall, I guess frequent visitor at this point. I mean, I don't, I don't know why I'm saying guest anymore. Cause I mean, you basically hold a, uh, a spot on this program. Don't you Jake, Jake Simone, how are we uh, doing? Well, glad to be back on this great radio program. It, it, it's, it's been a while. I, mean, we, I don't think we've, we've done anything you and I just because of scheduling issues for what yeah. two weeks. Well, it's just upset that the mailbag ended. I, it was tough for me to get over. I, that is very, very, very fair that you, you needed you needed to disconnect for a bit so you can get over the death of the fantasy mailbag on Saturdays. That is a very fair and understandable point. Um, before we get into the uh, the crux of the program, I just want to get your thoughts about the last uh, the last two weeks that uh, that have uh, that have been. Obviously, the Bengals and the Rams will be playing in the Super Bowl. Um, go Bengals! I mean, my last appearance on this uh, great program of ours, I think I called the Bengals going to the Super Bowl. I had thought the Packers would be there and win, but it just seems to never work out with Green Bay. Maybe it's time to invest in a number two wide receiver. Interestingly enough, it kind of fits today's program. Just a hunch. Maybe just Devontae Adams isn't enough come playoff time. Maybe after the fifth year in a row, we could get the idea. Maybe. That would be splendid. That would be splendid if, if they would get the idea. Um, but I can't confirm because you did mention that there was the possibility that you did say that the Bengals were going to go to the Super Bowl. I did go back and I listened. You did. I also did uh, put down a little bit of a wager on it as well. You are a smart man. You are a smart, smart betting man. And of course, for the Basement Talk podcast next week, it will be a strict Super Bowl show aka we will be talking a lot about bets so just buckle up for all the for all the betters out there that'll be the uh that'll be the betting haven this was just called the uh, the basement bets super bowl edition show it's really what we should be uh, should be calling that show next week but anywho i do have one quick question this actually comes from the mailbag so wow. yeah this comes from the mailbag so if you'll pardon me for a second i'm a little rusty it's been a couple of weeks, but this question comes from John. Jake, where is John from? Is this even a question? Of course, he's from Portland, Oregon, our hub. There, there's no doubt about it. There's one Melvin question, and of course, he's from Portland, Oregon. We love Portland, Oregon on this program. So John wants to know. He asks, I am in a 12-team PPR dynasty league i came in fifth this year and i'm having trouble deciding whether or not i should sell off or build to try and compete for a championship who are some guys that you think could be good by lows if i'm going to go and compete for a title in 2022 all right. Well, number one, can we please get some type of dynasty series going on this great rodeo program? Maybe. We, I don't know. We might have to. My, you know, please. A lot of people play dynasty. Just just a hunch, just a suggestion. I'm just uh, I'm just a messenger here. But um, I'll, I'll speak in, to the uh, I'll speak to the program manager about that. Please, p- please do. Um, in terms of guys that I really like as buy lows in dynasty, uh, to me, a guy that really sticks out is Ramondre Stevenson. From the New England Patriots, I think that is a guy that could potentially be a league winner next year for fantasy managers. We started seeing, I mean, how how often is it that a rookie running back has such an impact on a Bill Belichick football team? It rarely ever happens. Very rarely. So that's a great sign. I really like Stevenson. I'm not sure how much of a buy low this guy is, but I think the price is lower than probably ever before. I think DK Metcalf. I will talk about him a lot today is due for a big season. And if you really want to want to start talking about guys to buy at almost like a floor level price in dynasty, 
I have a weird feeling Brian Edwards has a big year next year in the Josh McDaniels offense. That's a sneaky one. A uh, sneaky that's, dynasty that's a sneaky dynasty by one. low. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one a lot, especially when you uh, take into account that big bodied receivers do play a part in these Josh McDaniels offenses in historically speaking, uh, they do. Uh, that's a really good shout. The Brian Edwards one. I actually like that one uh, quite a bit. So I, I have a few uh, names down that, that I considered um, kind of guys that are on the opposite ends of the spectrum. I got, I have some veteran guys and then some younger guys down. I think if you're, and I'll just go position by position here. Uh, if you're looking for quarterback help and you're looking to buy low on a quarterback for, for next year, Russell Wilson could be a good one to try and go and get right now. But I, I just have a feeling that any dynasty manager of Russell Wilson is probably going to hold until they figure out what the situation is with Russell Wilson, if he's going to stay in Seattle or if he's going to, to get traded. So that could be one. If you're looking for a guy on the, on the younger side of things, I would be going to the Trevor Lawrence manager and seeing if there's any Trevor Lawrence manager out there that is nervous about the season that was, because I just think, look, it, it can't get much worse than what it was this year in, in Jacksonville. So I just think year two will – I mean, it has to be better. It, it, it cannot possibly be worse. They've really botched this this uh, coaching search as well. See, you, 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 you and I were in complete disagreement on – what Jacksonville needed. You wanted, you want, you thought they were going to go with the, the older veteran coach. Whereas I was saying they can go ahead and get the younger guy. I actually think if they are going to go with left, which I don't think it's a bad hire at all. No, no, but again, it's the, I'm just not a big fan of bad teams hiring first time head coaches. I feel like it works out less often than not. I feel like when bad teams get turned around, it it is usually because of guys that have coaching experience that are on their second job or guys that have experience in building a program. If you know what I'm saying? Because they probably need a program builder in Jacksonville. I don't think they need the innovative offensive mind. Like everyone's trying to hire the next Sean McVay, but they don't grow on yeah. And that's the counterpoint is I mean, we're looking at the two coaches that are in the Super Bowl. These are guys that, you know, their their first head coaching jobs were with the Rams, who stunk when McVay was hired, and Zach Taylor, who was hired when the Cincinnati Bengals stunk. Granted, there are a whole bounty of reasons as to why the Bengals and the Rams are now going to be in the Super Bowl. The Bengals struck gold with Joe Burrow. The Rams sold out for Matthew Stafford. You can go with any angle that you want on that. I got it. But I think that the counterpoint to that is you got to start building a program somewhere. And I just don't know with a guy like I think the guy that you had mentioned, if I'm not mistaken, was a Marvin Lewis. Or I Jim just, Caldwell. Jim Caldwell, I can get behind more so that I can get behind Marvin Lewis. Caldwell, I, I yeah. Cald, Caldwell's a winner. He's done it before. Hell, he coached Peyton Manning. So, you know, you have something there. Well, Adam Gase coached Peyton Manning, too. So I'm, Fair I'm point. going to. But, dude, Marvin Lewis gets a bad rap, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, oh, absolutely does. He gets a really bad rap. I mean, he went to the playoffs on a yearly basis with Andy Dalton as his quarterback. Yeah. No, it's that's very, very fair. Very fair. And people want to pick on that he didn't win a, win a playoff game. And the Bengals were in total. It, the Bengals situation is exactly like how the Jacksonville Jaguars situation is right now, minus yeah. Trevor Lawrence, obviously. That's why I thought it was a fit. But if they don't hire Leftwich, I really don't see any other candidate. Like, I, I know they were interviewing Kevin O'Connell, or maybe they misstepped there and they didn't formally request an interview with him. But I just – I'm not a big believer in these first – especially the guys available now. I thought if you were going to bring in an offensive mind, Brian Dable was the guy to bring in. Mm -hmm. um, but now I'm looking around. I really don't see much of a slam dunk offensive candidate that's still available. I mean, to me, Jim Harbaugh, but you already went there with the college coach, even though Harbaugh is a little bit different than. Yeah. And it's player. looking like Harbaugh is going to be the guy in, in Minnesota. Yeah. You don't fly Jim Harbaugh to, to your building just to have a just cup to, of tea. For having to say no. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I believe to the guy that got the second, one of the only guys that we know of right now, besides left, which I got the second interview with Jackson, was Mike McDaniel. 
I know he's a hot guy in Miami, but he gives me a lot of Adam Gase vibes, that guy. Yeah, yeah. Very, he seems very stubborn, short. I can do this. I can do that. The offense that they run in San Francisco is really, like, let's be honest here. I mean, Mike LaFleur has worked out pretty decent for the Jets. It's a very vanilla offense. It's a very, like, short, intermediate. It's weird because the Jet, the offense that the Jets run, is it, that's not the San Francisco 49ers offense. I can tell you that right now after watching the Jets every week. It's not the San Francisco offense. <laughs> like, yeah. But, it, it, you know, he's like, oh, I can win with Tua. That just gives me a bad vibe about the guy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, if we're going to go on to the running back, some buy lows that I have. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, if you're looking for a one-year mm. one year fix and you're nope. giving yourself one more year to try and compete for a championship, I think Zeke is the perfect candidate for that because I don't think Zeke is going to be a guarantee in two, three years. I, I don't think Zeke is on the Cowboys after next year. So yeah. if you're trying to go over the top one more time, Zeke could be your guy. It depends on price. Like I would not be shelling out a top level asset to go get Zeke. It has to be a rock bottom sell where, you know, you're robbing the other manager blind, which I don't know if there is a manager out there that's going to trade Zeke for pennies, especially in dynasty, but it's worth the ask. It's worth it. Um, And if we're looking for uh, another buy low, it really depends on what you're looking for. I mean, if you're looking for a, a younger guy, I think Khalil Herbert could be one just because I personally am not sold on David Montgomery with, uh, with the Chicago bears and uh, Matt Eberflus, by the way, nailed that one, nailed that prediction, pat on the yep. back for me. Um, but I, me personally, I am just not sold on David Montgomery as a runner. And we, we saw Khalil Herbert this year. He was great whenever he got the opportunity. And it's just a matter of him getting the opportunity to do so. But that's a real, real bottom of the barrel buy low. And you're hoping that something happens there. Um, Melvin Gordon is, is another one that I think I would Depends try and, and buy low on depending on the spot. And then, you know, I was thinking about where he could go. There really isn't a spot that I could think of off the top of my head where I just go like, yeah, Melvin Gordon goes there. Bam. Top I have 20 a couple, running I have back a couple for Melvin. I have one. I have one, but let me hear yours. Well, first and foremost, to be completely honest with you, how about a return to the Chargers to kind of be the one beat Austin Eckler who has had trouble staying healthy for the Chargers? One of the spots that I thought of, This it's not the one, but it's one it's of the not spots the I one. thought of. It, it is an option. Um, another one that really does make sense, depending on the health status of Chris Carson and what they believe uh, of Rashad Penny is the Seattle Seahawks. I That's think the that – that is definitely a fit there. And also Atlanta makes a ton of sense because they really could use just about any running back help at this yeah. point. I know they like Cordell Patterson, but he's a little bit more of like that gadget receiver type of guy. I feel like he's not a true three down back. And Mike Davis is just Mike Davis. So <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I also think it's a really nice scheme too. that very North South downhill running style that Arthur Smith deploys in uh, Atlanta could be a good fit for Melvin. So what about, and, and obviously it depends on the hire, and this is one I just thought of on the spot, but if you can guarantee, if, if I can guarantee you Deshaun Watson is back there, what about Houston? He's not going back to the Texans. No way. In a hypothetical. He's not going to. He's not going to. And maybe, in a hypothetical. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Okay. It, well, he ain't going back hypothetical to fantasy you, world. you see the names that there are. Josh McCown is a serious cow. You cr- you kidding me? <sighs> telling you, Kayvon I, Thibodeau is going to fall to the Jets at number four because of pure idiots picking ahead of them. I, I mean, before but before 20 minutes ago, 30 minutes ago, we're recording this on Tuesday at 5.30. Uh, you'll be hearing this Tuesday night. Before 30 minutes ago, I, I was kind of thinking it was going to be Brian Flores, but now with everything yeah, that's, 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 that's transpired, uh, yeah, I, I, don't, it, I don't know about that it, anymore. Yeah, it makes me think that they went with Josh McCown and he's just utterly – enraged right now i think so or he just said i'd rather just completely burn every bridge i have instead of be head coach of the texans yeah that's also a fair point the texans are an absolute absolute disaster man that is the by far the worst situation in the entire league right now 
but before we get on to the receivers and the tight ends, let me go back into talking about just receivers tenfold. Um, serious question, serious question, not even trying to be cheeky at all. Where do you even start with the Texans? Nowhere. It's just a road to know. I w- it's just, I have no idea. There's literally I don't nothing. have a clue either. They have, they have no tradable assets. Brandon Cooks, but that's about it. Okay, but but he, he's on – he's a 30-plus-year-old receiver. Exactly. What, what are you going to get, a fourth-round pick maybe? Maybe. Maybe. On a great day, if you call a GM and he's feeling nice and happy, maybe you get a low-end third-round pick. Uh, Laramie Tunsil too. Oh, that's that's a tricky one. That's a They're tricky also one. in a position to take an offensive tackle in the draft this year, interestingly they enough. They are. They are, and, and, and I – and going through my uh, my first mock draft as we as we speak, I was actually working on it a bit yesterday, and I do have the Texans taking Evan Neal. Who's going? Who is Kayvon Thibodeau going one to the Jaguars? Uh, no, it's uh, Hutchinson. Okay, so is Kayvon going to the Jets at four? Yes, that's where I have him right now. Please, please, that's, that's where I have him right it now. It worked. It worked last year with Elijah Vera Tucker. Just saying, it, praying. So some prayer, some prayer does work, but I, I will admit personally, I'm not, I'm not the biggest Thibodeau guy. So, but it's just a no brainer for us with two first round picks and no pass rush to speak of. I just think yep. at four, that's what I did when I I was doing uh, this mock was I'm not the biggest Thibodeau guy, but for the jets, it's, I'm not a Hutchinson guy. See, I am a Hutchinson guy. So we're, we're completely different. I think, I think Ojabo's, has a higher ceiling, but we'll talk about the draft. More oh, we will. The, uh, we will. We will. We most certainly will. We have a whole off season of content to, uh, to plan around um, going to the receivers uh, by low Mike Evans. I mean, there are dynasty managers that are flat out panicking now that Tom Brady is no longer in the fold. So if you are in a dynasty league and you know, a manager out there that's panicking about Evans low ball, the fuck out of him. And it's like a sleazy, sleazy move. But I, I, I love myself a nice little low ball offer every now and again. This is an opportunity to do it. Because you could have dynasty managers with Tom Brady no longer in the fold. Mike Evans. He could be, he could, he could be very obtainable. And it could be one of those rare times where Evans is very, very obtainable. And another buy low very quickly before, uh, Jake, you can talk about Evans, which I'm sure you're going to, is for, for me – it is Chase Claypool. That's a buy low. Yeah, I think personally, I think two these two options will be the starter next year for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Is, Number one, I think Jameis Winston has a real possibility of going back to Tampa. That's exactly who I was going to say. And number two, Aaron Rodgers. I'm just saying. Oof. I'm just saying. I mean, they, but the, the problem with the Bucks right now is that they are in cap hell. Yeah. Same thing. They're in the same boat. It's like the Packers and, and the Cowboys. They have a lot of money that they have to move around. That's Me why Jameis makes a lot of sense. Jameis makes a ton of sense. And that was the one that I was going to say. Um, Very much on the record. You still think Rodgers is going back to Green Bay? Absolutely, I think he will. They listen. They won thirteen and three back to back years. He was having a good time last year too. Like that did not look like a guy to me that was just utterly miserable out there. You, you see what I'm saying? It's not like I think a lot of that. Was, I think a lot of those issues are a little water under the bridge now. I think he mm-hmm. had a really good year. He's got a great relationship with Matt Lafleur. I just think it's time that they start drafting wide receivers in the first round. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Give Rogers some help for fuck's sake. Maybe Marquez Valdez Scantling and Alan Lazard are not suitable number I two receivers. Say, I, I, I think Lazard could be suitable as a third receiver. I don't think MBS is very good. I think Rogers no, started to not trust a Lazard two. a lot towards the end of the year. Which, no is, choice. Which, is, which is good. He yeah, you could also say that that he didn't have much of a choice. But MBS, yeah, no, that one that one is done. And then uh, Equinemia St. Brown, that one's done too. Yeah, it's like crazy. It, Crazy idea here. Yeah. What about Antonio Brown? To Green Bay? I mean, that would be something. And we'll be stupid enough to draft them. I'm going to just slam the desk for Allen Robinson in Green Bay. 
on a one-year deal. I'm just gonna I'm gonna slam that desk as hard as I can. I I don't know if Allen Robinson has any football left in him. I think he does. I'm not sure. Maybe. I think he does, and I think his fantasy value is really gonna depend on where he goes. Like right now, uh, just a little preview into uh, into the ranks discussion that'll happen at the end of the show. I have Allen Robinson as my wide receiver 33. And it really is dependent on where he goes. Like he, he could be a top 27 or eight ish receiver. If he goes to the right spot, if he goes back to Chicago on a one-year deal, which is not happening, that's like doomsday scenario. He probably would be like top 45 to be quite honest. Let's get into some receivers that has me uh, excited. It does. Ha- it does have me quite excited. I'll give you. I'll give you two tight ends that I that I think are, are good buy lows. And then we'll move on to uh, to the receivers. The two buy lows that I'm looking at are Noah Fant for me, and then Blake Jarwin is another one. Interesting. The Blake Jarwin one is very simple. I don't think Dalton Schultz comes back to Dallas. It breaks my heart. But there has not been a, t- a tight end in Dallas that has had less than 90 targets in a season. Since Dak Prescott has been the starter of the Dallas Cowboys and he has completed the season. We'll save it for the tight end talk. I think yes. Dallas finds another tight end elsewhere, but I think they draft one as well. Uh, me personally, but that is uh that is definitely one for up uh, for another day. So let's just go into talking about the uh, receiver position as a whole over the uh, over the past year. Again, it's the deepest position in fantasy. I don't think anybody needs to hear that, but if you need to hear that, it is the deepest position in fantasy. Guys that were drafted pretty much consensus as the top three or four receivers all panned out. Devontae Adams, good. Tyreek Hill, good. Uh, Stephon Diggs, good. Justin Jefferson, good. Those were four of the top five. And you had Cooper Cup, who just completely blew away the position as a whole. Hopkins was disappointing. Well, yeah, and due to injury, and due to injuries, though, not so much of performance. Yeah, but then you know when you get to the fifth receiver taken off the board, you had Hopkins, who was disappointing. Calvin Ridley, who had his off the field uh, issues there. Uh, AJ Brown, who was hurt for the majority of the uh, the regular season. DK Metcalf just didn't perform at all. So, uh, Jake, your your initial uh, takeaways from the from the receiver position. Learned a lot about a lot of guys that I'll never draft ever again. To be completely <laughs> honest, with you. Um, it's it's going to look totally different next year, and it's just a little bit of a shame because I do like some of the guys that will be drafted in the top three rounds, but I, I just think that some of it is a little too rich for my blood. For instance, I think Debo Samuel in the second round is a very risky proposition. He's my biggest bust right away. I, it's right just right away. Well, like how fitting would it be? Everybody drafts Debo high next year. And then Brandon Ayuk in the 11th round is who we thought he was going to be this year. It would be so fitting, but are we going to draft Brandon Ayuk? No, absolutely. Fucking not. No, absolutely not. Um, A name that I think could go that I think is being slept on a lot, to be honest with you, obviously the Tampa receivers, I think are still very safe. I think they'll have a plan at, at quarterback, even though Tom Brady is gone, but the, the, the spot that intrigues me is Pittsburgh and who they bring in at quarterback. I think hmm. Deontay Johnson, like what? I mean, if Aaron Rodgers goes to goes to the Steelers for some reason, I think Deontay Johnson is immediately a top five receiver. Yeah, I have Deontay Johnson right now as my wide receiver nine. Yeah. He would be he would be top five if Aaron Rodgers goes to Pittsburgh. No doubt about it. Yeah, but and then if they if you look at some other guys that are out there like Teddy Bridgewater, I think that's a really good fit for Deontay Johnson. I'm just saying, obviously, there's the draft and all that. I just think an intermediate short thrower like Teddy Bridgewater, that's kind of what Deontay Johnson does well. Short intermediate routes, yards after the catch, PPR guy, not necessarily the deep down the field guy that Chase Claypool is. How about the short to medium king, Jimmy Garoppolo? Interesting. I just think Pittsburgh kind of wants a little bit more mobility at quarterback. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't think they want a statue back there for another year. I, I think so. I think that's kind of the way that division is is going, so to say, especially a guy that can kind of help you run the football, especially when you invested a first-round pick in Najee Harris as well. Sure. Um, but the draft, to be honest with you, my favorite quarterback, I don't want to spoil anything right now in the draft. Um, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll get a plan going for the draft. My number one quarterback right now is Malik Willis. At a Liberty, I mm. think as of right we're, now, we're so opposite. It's crazy. 
So I we'll, think, we'll have some good debates during draft I, season. I, I, like I, think, I think he's on track to be Lamar Jackson. I didn't wow. say that about Justin Fields last year, but wow. he's lighting it up at the Senior Bowl today, too. Oof. I, I think Malik Willis is going to end up being a first-round pick. I'm just personally – I I've watched some. I haven't watched all. So it's like I'm in the deep dive. I think I just I just got finished watching Matt Corral, who I'm kind of like, eh, on. I, I got to be honest. The quarterbacks really in general, I'm right. very, very torn with. The same thing with Pickett. Pickett, from what I have understand, what I understand and what I've been told, and I've said it before, I'll say it again. Pickett's going to get into a room with an NFL team and they're going to fall in love with him because of how smart he is. But for me, just what I've seen on the fields from him, it's just like I, I've seen this kind of guy before. And that this kind of guy any other year would be a third-round pick. So why are we talking yeah. about him being a first-round pick this year? I'm not going to lie to you. I think Kenny Pickett reminds me a little bit of Justin Herbert. I see it. Yeah, I see it. But in and terms I was, of yeah. – was, when Herbert came out, I was a Herbert guy. I wasn't, like, super high on Herbert. Like, I'll, I'll be – Flat out honest, I, I wasn't I wasn't crazy about Herbert, but I think I think he'd be good. Yeah, I thought he would be good. I thought he'd be better than Tua. Like I think both yeah. of us were very much on that bandwagon. And yeah, oh look look how that's panned out for uh for the Chargers. Look how pan, that's panned out for Miami. Miami my if Tua got a head coach fired. <laughs> yep. I but mean I guess, I guess you the, could say the same thing about Herbert with Anthony Lynn, but that's neither. No, and Anthony that. Lynn got himself fired. Yeah, um, that's fair. But in terms of the wide receivers, though, man, especially the Pittsburgh pass catchers entice me. And here's another one, too, for free agency that would kind of entice me, depending on the fit. How about Mike Williams potentially yeah. going? Like, that's the kind of guy where, you know, okay, what if he goes to, like, who are some teams looking for playmakers? I mean, Green Bay. Green Bay could always look for playmakers. The Jets? Uh, eh, no, I don't think the Jets go that route. Um, with, I don't think he's a number one receiver. I think he's a very good number two. He kind of reminds me of like a Calvin Ridley. Not who the no. I think Calvin Ridley could be a number one receiver. I don't know if he is, but I think Calvin Ridley is definitely better than Mike Williams. I, oh, he's I'm, better, than and Mike I love Williams, Mike Williams yeah. too. But I think the Jets are looking more for like a a true number one alpha wide receiver. They kind of like had. if Devonte Adams became available. Yeah, that's fair. Exactly. Um, a good another good one depending on the quarterback fit again. How about the Washington football team? Mm. Yep. Another receiver aside, uh, outside from Terry McLaurin. I, I think the Curtis Samuel journey in fantasy is hopefully over. I pray. I pray. Please, God. We were in, in the Cullen draft this year. I'll, I'll tell you this little story. And you can, you can go back and listen to the, uh, the Cullen uh, draft episode. It's, it, it is there. And I remember this, this conversation happening. Adam was trying to sell me on drafting Curtis Samuel. And that was the biggest no I've ever given anybody in my life. No, it's just not even worth drafting. No, no. And he ended up doing it in, in, in another spot. And Curtis Samuel was off his team in like three weeks. And I ended up saying to him, I, yeah, yeah, you believe you believe me now? Yeah. And, and just another team that has a glaring need at wide receiver. They did have an, an emerging star at the end of the season, Detroit. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I yeah, love Mike Williams. Williams. Williams with Equinemius, uh, Equinemius with Amon Ra. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What about Oakland? Um, or Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Whatever. Las, whatever the fuck. Whatever Las Vegas. Um. Maybe I would have to look at the salary cap to be completely honest with you. Too. I'm not really looking at it too hardly. Yeah. I'm right not now. either. I haven't done it yet. Uh, Oakland in the division that makes sense. I think Oakland kind of finds like an undervalued receiver, if that makes sense, and tries yeah. to make them. Uh, a budging star a name that kind of sticks out to me a little bit for Oakland is Michael Gallup of the Cowboys. Gallup makes sense. I mean, if, if, if you could tell me that his knee is going to be a hundred percent. Yeah. But I, I, I think now Dallas, Dallas just got their prayers answered and that they'll be able to bring back Gallup on like a one-year deal instead of Gallup going into free agency and getting that multi-year deal that he was going to get before that knee injury uh, happened. So, you know, kind of, and I don't want to say, you know, obviously get well, Michael Gallup, but it was kind of like a blessing in disguise for uh, for Dallas. I don't know what team's going to give a multi-year deal at this point to uh, to Gallup with the with the ACL injury. That's uh, that's just me. That's just yeah, me. No. Um, for me, the takeaways that I had from the position again, I said it before, 
it, this position is just so incredibly deep. And I think, you know, you're looking at some of the guys that finished top 10 at it, just in the position. Obviously you have, you know, Adams, Hill, Diggs, Jefferson, guys that were taken in, in like the top two rounds. But then you're looking at Cooper Cup, who was not taken in the top two rounds. Nope. Uh, Keenan Allen was basically a – we saw Keenan Allen being drafted in late round three or early round four. Like, what, When are people going to learn? I mean, it's just right, ridiculous. Right. When, when are they going to learn? And and now that, that Mike Williams may not be back in Los Angeles, oh, my God. Very confident that the Chargers draft Drake London out of USC. I think that's a very, very, very good shout. If they don't draft a receiver in a in one of the, their premium picks, I would say Josh Palmer or Jalen Guyton would become one of my favorite receiver sleepers uh, for next year. I think one of them would have to break out for the Chargers. It really just depends on on which one, and I haven't decided which one yet. But one of them would be would be a popular uh, sleeper pick for me if the Chargers don't go out and draft another receiver. Then. You know, obviously they draft a Drake London then or like a Jamison Williams and just hope that, you know, yeah. Jamison Williams, they take a flyer on him for, you know, for a year and then be like, OK, see you. See you in 2023. Um, but, you know. Keenan Allen, he's going to be a guy that's drafted top 10 position this year, but he was drafted in the late third round, early fourth, which to me is just absurd. Uh, Debo Samuel was around round eight, round nine. Uh, C.D. Lamb was drafted late second. Then you get Jamar Chase, who, you know, he came out of absolute nowhere. Uh, Deontay Johnson was drafted in the third, fourth round, sort of like a Keenan Allen range. Um, Jalen Waddell, very much so. Early part of the year, Marquise Brown, uh, T. Higgins, Brandon Cooks, Hunter Renfro, Michael Pittman. So what I'm getting at is it just really, really entices me. And I guess this this, this, this involves evolves into a draft discussion, sort of like a draft strategy sort of thing, that it really isn't super important for me going into next year to go and get one of those top receivers just because odds are there's a greater probability that you're going to have a breakout receiver that will be there for you versus a breakout running back. I mean, if we're going into the running backs and we're just go- looking at guys that maybe weren't drafted or were drafted late, I mean, we just go to the top 10. Cook, Kamara, Taylor, Harris, Eckler, Chubb, Zeke, Jones, Montgomery, Jacobs. All these guys are drafted. You have to go to RB14 to where you get your first, like, wow, out of nowhere guy with Cordero Patterson, who yep. at the end of the year wasn't even that good. Wasn't even that good. And just to piggyback, because you brought up a name that I really don't want to forget here, I think Hunter Renfro could put up wide receiver one numbers in full PPR next year with Josh I McDaniels. completely agree. I know the consensus. The consensus has Hunter Renfro at wide receiver 25. My, <laughs> project, my projections for him, I had Hunter Renfro as my wide receiver 16, but with just adjustments, I have, wide, I have Hunter Renfro as my wide receiver 20. I, I like Hunter Renfro a lot heading into next year, especially in that offense. It sure. really depends on what happens with Carr. If Carr is there with McDaniels, then yes. Then hell yes. If it's not Carr and it's somebody else, it depends on who that somebody else is. If it's Marcus Mariota, may God help us all. No, no. I think Mar- I think Mariota will be able to find work pretty easily. I think he yeah. could compete for a job again as well as Mitch Trubisky. I think Mitch Trubisky going to the Giants makes a ton of sense to compete yeah. with Daniel Jones for the job, obviously spending a year with Brian Dayball. I'm not too I'm not too convinced Daniel Jones is better than Mitch Trubisky either, to be completely honest with you. Um, I, <laughs> I, do, I. I do love Kadarius Tony. I hope that Brian Dable uses it. I don't know if Brian Dable – the reports are coming out that Ken Dorsey was kind of the guru and brains behind the Bills offense, the quarterback's coach uh, for Buffalo rather than hmm. Dable. So – We'll, we'll just have to see how that all unfolds uh, with them. Uh, just a name, though, that I wanted to ask you about Shoot. in terms of a breakout. What about my boy? Give me, give me more. I love him. I love him. I, my, I know the consensus has Elijah Moore wide receiver 26. My projections had him as the wide receiver 22. That's exactly where I have my wide receiver 22 is Elijah Moore, top 24 guy. Higher than Brandon Ayuk? Oh yeah, way higher than I. I have Ayuk as a wide receiver, thirty-five. 
it's just crazy because he actually started kind of playing a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and listen, I think another year, another year with Zach Wilson could be good. Only good things for for Elijah Moore. The only the only thing that might deter me a little bit is if they do bring in that big name receiver. Yep. So I think that upside would be capped just a little bit. But then again, I mean, Elijah Moore still, still, even if, the, even if the Jets go out and they bring in Devontae Adams or they bring in Chris Godwin, let's just say, I still think Elijah Moore would be the number two receiver on the Jets over Corey Davis. The guy I really want is Traylon Burks from Arkansas. I think he's a beast. Interesting. Interesting. And that's, one, that's one that we Big do fan. agree on. That's one we do, we do agree on. He's, he's a monster of a human being. Another name that's out there, I'm kind of curious to see where you have ranked. Michael Thomas, thoughts? Oh, oh boy. All right, so I have Michael Thomas ranked as my wide receiver 36. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. It, it, it's a bunch of things. It's Sean Payton no longer being in New Orleans. It's There's no clarity on the quarterback position. There's no clarity on whether Michael Thomas even wants to play football. For me, I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm done. I'm done. I, I, yeah, I think I, I don't think he's in a Saint uniform though next year. The Saints are in cat hell. They have yeah. to tear it down. They don't have a quarterback. Deshaun Payton just left. It's time to tear the whole thing down. You guys had your Super Bowl window. It didn't work out. It's time to reload, reset the salary cap, stock up on premium assets. I I, I think a team with a court I, again, the Saints are probably going to have to eat some of the Michael Thomas contract, but a team like I mean. Green Bay makes sense for everybody, but yeah, maybe like a Kansas City if they can yeah, swing how it. Many, how many top top dollars can Kansas City keep bringing on? Like oof. yeah, or Baltimore. About, what about the Jets? It, see, I, I'm a big fan. It's just the Jets, though. It's a little tricky because what if it's a clean break? If it's a clean break, the Saints cannot trade Michael Thomas. Clean break. He's a free agent. You offer, let's say it takes a two-year deal for Michael Thomas. Do you do it? Yeah, I would. But I think if that's the case, I think he probably goes to a team with a more proven quarterback, to be completely Fair. honest, than the Jets. But, I mean, I don't know. I have a lot. I have, I, have, I have some other ideas. It's just I don't even know if he can still play, man. Like, he hasn't played in two years. Yeah, I, that's a big question that I have. And that's why, I mean, 36 for me, like, that's just – it's so generous. Like – I have Mike Williams in that area as well, just because I don't know where he's going to go. It's a lot of question marks there, but I know the consensus has Michael Thomas ahead of Amon Ross St. Brown. To me, that is completely reckless and irresponsible. How? As of right now. Yeah. How? Amon Ross St. Brown is the number one receiver. Granted it's for the Detroit Lions. I get it. But the end of the year that Amon Ross St. Brown had Jared Goff is going to be there next year. Jared Goff loves Amon Ross St. Brown. It was very clear. He's dependable. I mean, what more, what more do you need? I, I Honestly, Amon Ross St. Brown, I know this is another guy who's going to get a lot of hype as we kind of transition from talking about the year that was to going into next year now. Another guy is going to get a lot of hype, and, and rightfully so, given the offense that he's in, given the performances that he had over the last couple of weeks. Gabriel Davis – I'd rather have Amon Ross St. Brown over Davis. Yes, I'm not completely sold on Davis because we saw this from Davis last year as well, where he had those games where he popped off for two touchdowns and 100 yards, right. and you saw some other duds. And yep, I'm not completely sold on Davis there. I think that's a good shout. We're so talking. I, yeah, go I ahead. don't know if I told you this, but uh, based on mock draft data right now, that's going on on February 1st. So take it with a grain of salt. Mock draft data right now in expert leagues. Where do you think Gabriel Davis is being drafted? Where would you you take him versus where do you think you're taking him? I would take him in that Debo Samuel range of last year, that eighth, ninth round. I think he's probably getting taken in about the fifth to seventh round, somewhere in that range. He's being taken early round five. Yeah, no, it's just not crazy. I think that that is absolutely ludicrous to be completely honest Ridiculous. with you. I, let me, let me, let me give you two other names. I think sure. I'd rather have than Gabriel Davis. And I'm sure we agree oh, on both, but go ahead. Talk, I'm not sure if you do. I'm not too sure what this quarterback situation is looking like. 
But I think I'd rather have the Denver pass catchers. Oh, um, uh, particularly well, me... Ju- Judy's the name that that comes to mind that I can see breaking out next year. I've yep. always been a Cortland Sutton fan. It just never clicked with Cortland Sutton and Teddy Bridgewater for some reason. So in my ranks, I have Gabriel Davis, my wide receiver, 48. Cortland Sutton, I have my wide receiver, 43. So basically in the same area. Jerry Judy, I have as my wide receiver, 25. It's just kind of like a now or never thing for Judy. It has to be. It has to be. And they have to go get a quarterback. It, I don't care who it is. Just someone that will be able to throw the ball down the goddamn field so Jerry Judy can show who Jerry Judy is. Guess what? If it doesn't work this year again for Jerry Judy, they got to make a decision on his fifth year option next year. And honestly, we saw it this year with Mike Williams. Mike Williams looked hopeless. Chargers didn't exercise the fifth year option. He falls out. Now he's going to make a fuck ton of money in free agency. I can kind of see Jerry Judy having that very similar sort of breakout Next year, if not this, where when it comes time to play for his cash, play for that first big time contract, Judy balls out. Those guys all had quarterbacks, so that's the thing. I mean, they have that's to the get problem. They, they have to get a quarter. Nathaniel Hackett's there now. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is. You don't just go to. De- I mean, unless you're Peyton Manning coming from, you don't just go to Denver. You just don't. I mean, also the Denver Broncos roster at that time was a lot better than what the Denver Broncos oh, roster is absolutely. now. Absolutely. Absolutely. They went to the playoffs with Tim Tebow as their quarterback and won a playoff game. So um, that's very fair. But yeah, man, the the pass catchers of Denver do excite me, particularly Judy. I think it is, it's kind of time for him, right? To put up or shut up. Has to be. It has to be. And he's very talented. Guess what? If he doesn't do it in Denver, I have all the faith in the world that he's going to go somewhere else and he's going to do it somewhere else. The question is, is it going to just be too little too late for, for someone like Judy? Or is a team who's going to get a steal that has a proper quarterback and get Judy the ball where Judy can make plays? Because guess what? We talk about it all the time. Three guarantees in life, Jake. Death, taxes, Alabama receivers, the National Football League. They always pan out. It used to be Antonio Brown in full-point PPR. He just made you sleep better at night. Now, nice warm blanket. Not sleeping at all. your thumb. Just dreaming about Antonio Brown. Put up 10 catches and a half, and you just be like, ah! That's what I drafted him to do. That's my guy. That's my guy. Um, an interesting fact, just going back to Gabriel Davis for a second. Interesting fact that I um, that I heard on another program this week, and I don't know if you knew this, but I just want to get your, your general reaction when I, when I tell you the statement. So in the last three games that Gabriel Davis has played, he has the same amount of touchdowns as CeeDee Lamb had all year. Yes, C.D. Lamb disappointed me this year. I mean, listen, it wasn't like he like lost you a league, but he wasn't necessarily that guy that I thought he would be, that true number one heading into next year. He's a true number one fantasy wide receiver. From where, where people drafted C.D. Lamb, I don't really think it was a, su- a successful draft pick, to be completely honest with you. I saw him going as high as the third round. Over he was some, late second. Late second, early late, third, yeah. Late second, early third. It's just... And, and I'm not too sure about the Dallas Cap situation. I've heard Amari Cooper, who, by the way, I would love on the Jets if he were to become available. Um, just saying. Um, I don't know if he'll be back next year. Oh, so it's maybe, cap hell. It's, it's bad. So it is cap hell. So maybe oh, Dallas does. But it, it's kind of like Dak's favorite receiver, though. So, like, are they really just going to get rid of him? No, I, th- I think the one obvious one that Dallas is probably going to get rid of is probably Tyron Smith. Yeah. That's the one that jumps off the page right away and then there's uh, there's obviously some some numbers that can be restructured backload maybe Dak's contract move some money to the back of that deal uh you know take some of some of the money that there was that was just at demarcus lawrence maybe you you take some of that money push that back maybe you cut demarcus lawrence outright um you know there's gonna be some money that's moved around with uh with dallas for sure but yeah the amari cooper cut rumors are not going to go away and i think from what i understand is Dallas would save more money if they designate Amari as a post-June 1st cut than they would if they cut him outright before free agency. So if Amari Cooper is going to be uh, a free agent, it's going to be after June 1st. No, but you could cut but you could cut them now and designate it as a June 1st cut. No, I, I've seen that. So Correct. I, so he'd be available right away. He would be available right away, yeah, hypothetically. Okay. But I, 
Me personally, I don't think that he's going to be going anywhere. Well, well that's the just thing that, the thing that kind of stuck out to me was that apparently Jerry isn't too happy with him. And when usually if, if Jerry's not too happy. Well, Jerry doesn't seem to be too happy with anybody. But then again, I mean, Mike McCarthy kept his job miraculously. Yeah. That I mean, true. we we talked about this off air and we'll talk about it uh, on air now. How much money are you are you betting the general public here that Sean Payton is the Cowboys head coach in 2023? Maybe it's just the fact, though, I started hearing more about TV and that kind of seems to be the trendy thing nowadays. You can make double the money doing far less work, working on a television network than coaching a football team. So I think it's either TV or the Cowboys. If not, Dallas should have no problem finding a coach um, when they eventually move off Mike McCarthy at the end of Next season, I thought the perfect guy would have been Jim Harbaugh. To be completely honest with you, Ugh, I would have hated for, that. For where you you would you would hate that? Yeah, I'm not I'm not a Jim Harbaugh guy. Oh, to me, I think he's an absolute genius, man. I think everywhere everywhere he's gone, he's fixed. You, you can't tell me otherwise. Oh no, it's true. It's true. I, I just don't. It, to me, he's too much. And but I, think, I, I but think, that's what Dallas is, though. Like, yeah, but at the same time, Jerry. Jerry wants his guys are going to fall in line. That's what McCarthy is. McCarthy is just a guy who's going, fall, who's going to fall in line. Jim Harbaugh is not that at all. A little bit of a, a little bit of wild card. I mean, I never obviously I don't know how popular this would go over. I mean, he just got fired from college, but we just saw Cliff Kingsbury get fired from college and get a better job. But Dan Mullen, Dak's former coach in college. I mean, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? That'd be like an outside the box sort of hire. I don't know how well that would go over with with Cowboys fans, but I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, but no, man, if you want to piece your uh, your franchise guy, I mean, go go hire go hire the guy that made him, or or just go go hire uh, go hire Mullins to be your offensive coordinator if Kellen Moore gets the head coaching job. Boom, done. Yeah, and I don't know how much longer Dabo Sweeney has left at at Clemson if the uh, quarterback position continues in the uh, same trajectory as it's Again, going. I, I'm so surprised that Dabo has not been linked to that Jacksonville job. Granted, yeah. I don't think he'd be the guy. I don't think he'd be the right guy, but there hasn't even been just a, a bullshit report about it, which is to me is just so surprising. I just think Dabo saw what happened to Urban Meyer. And I don't think Shad Khan has necessarily the best reputation amongst no. the league of, of being an owner. I don't think he knows what the hell he's doing. So. Yeah, man. So, two more things that I want to do before before we uh, before we go. Um, Jake, give me an option, one or two. Two. Okay, two. Give me a guy that you are going to be drafting everywhere next year, and then give me a guy that you will be avoiding, like the play. DK Metcalf. Avoiding or drafting? Drafting. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. And avoiding. Avoiding, I hate to say it, Debo Samuel on that ADP. Debo was my guy, so I'm gonna, I'll, I'm gonna be different. Um, drafting for me, I am going to be drafting Deontay Johnson everywhere I can, and avoiding. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a, a deeper one here. I'm gonna go with DJ Moore. Oh, I, I he I just avoid him every year. So okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's yeah. I mean, I was a DJ Moore guy. I am a DJ Moore guy, but that that offense is just is brutal. It's so bad. I heard DJ Moore could potentially be traded. Good, good. I would actually take DJ Moore off of my avoid list if DJ Moore gets traded somewhere half decent. If Allen Robinson goes to a team with the somewhat quarterback, you're drafting. Oh, absolutely. Are you fucking kidding me? Come on. I won't be able to resist. And, 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 and if he goes back to Chicago on a one-year deal, um, if he goes back to Chicago on a one-year on a one-year deal, I will retire from analyzing fantasy football because I will have nothing good to say about it. So it's just better that I'm off the airwaves instead of on it. <laughs> okay. So then the next thing that I want to do, and then and then uh, we will uh, get on out of here. Jake, give me your top five receivers. For next year, and we'll say we'll say full PPR. Okay, Adams is definitely number one. Yep, me too. Number number two, it kind of has to be Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. Even though I think that Cooper Cup replicating this year's numbers are 
very probably I won't be drafting Cooper Cup just to put it out there, but he's the number two ranked receiver. Uh, number three for me is Justin Jefferson. Hmm. I think that Jettas is, yeah, yeah, he's he's big time, big time. Number four, Jamar Chase. Hmm, interesting. And then number five, I'm going with Tyreek Hill. Very, very interesting. We have the same guys, just in a different order. So number one is Devontae for me. Number two is Cooper Cup. Number three, I am going to go with Tyreek at three. Then four, I'm going with Jamar Chase. And then five, I'm going with Justin Jefferson. I think Jettas takes that that leap next year if he already has. And I think he's... Yeah, it's, it says a lot, too, considering Adam Thielen is a top 30 receiver for me. I, I just have cratered on, on Thielen. But one thing that I do want to ask that now that we've we've had this discussion, Stefan Diggs, why is he not a top five for you? He's number six. I just think the position is so good. Mm-hmm. And Diggs this year kind of, kind of burned me a little bit because I was kind of expecting the 2020 Diggs that wasn't necessarily – the guy that Diggs was this year, although the numbers kind of indicated that you see what I'm saying. You didn't really have the big Diggs games this year that you yeah. had in 2020. If that it was makes very sense. steady, but it wasn't boom. It wasn't boom. I just think that the overall, I mean, obviously now it's a little bit, even in the game against Kansas city, Diggs had what seven yards. I just think a lot of the bills offense kind, it sounds very cliche. It kind of gotten, it kind of got figured out a little bit. They had that rough patch in the middle of the season. See what I'm saying here? I just feel like Diggs is not necessarily the guy he was in 2020, if that makes sense. I think that was like an admiration, uh, like a, what do you call that? Like a flash in the pan, flash in the pan of like elite, elite top three fantasy wide receiver type of guy. I think he's more of that top fringe top five to 10 guy, which is no small thing, but we're talking about elite company here. So maybe what you what you're kind of saying is what you think maybe will happen to Cooper Cup in 2022. That Cup won't be shattering records, but he'll come back down to earth. He'll he'll regress to the yep. mean, but he'll still be very and, very very good. And I called it for Diggs as well before mm-hmm. last season. Yeah, I, I thought that was that was a uh, that was sort of a slam dunk. Yeah, but the guy for me, man, is is, is Jefferson. Man, I I really think that guy is on a, on a on a Hall of Fame trajectory, <laughs> like. With Kirk Cousins, and honestly, I'm not even it's too David. sold on Kirk Cousins being back with the Vikings next year. We'll have to see if Jim Harbaugh is going there. I'm sure he's not uh, leaving a great job in Michigan to go coach, coach Kirk Cousins. He has to have some type of contingency plan there. Agreed. Like, Agreed. So one more thing, and I just came up I came up with this one just on the fly because I'm just a professional. It's what I do. I'm going to give you some fill-in-the-blanks, and we're, and we're going to answer them. Michael Pittman will be a blank Ranked receiver. Top 25. Wow. It's exactly where I have him. It's exactly where I have him. Top 24. I have been 24. So bang on the money. Um, If Odell Beckham stays with the Rams, he will be a blank ranked receiver. Top 30 receiver. Top 30 for me as well. Brandon Ayuk will be drafted on blank many teams of mine. None. Zero. Fantastic. Fantastic. Allen Robinson will be blank in 2022 fantasy. Will be not on waivers. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, that's a good answer. Will be a... Mid to high flex wide receiver three. I, I'm not that I'm not convinced he can still play, to be completely honest with you. That's my whole thing with him. I don't think it was the overall because we saw Darnell Mooney putting up numbers yeah. with, with Justin Fields. I don't know. And we've seen Allen Robinson put up numbers with bad quarterback play and bad like offenses before with, with Bortles and honestly, even with Mitch Trubisky all yep. those years and uh, Chicago. I'm not too sure that it's necessarily, and he, he's not necessarily a young guy either. I think he's what turning 28. It's not. Nece- I mean, yeah. granted, that is kind of like the prime of your career, but some guys that's old. It, it could be an old 28, as opposed to some other guys where they're late bloomers. I don't know, man. I don't know if it. I don't know if it was all the offense and fields for Allen Robinson. I'm not. Uh, he might have lost a step, for all we know. 
Chris Godwin will be a blank receiver when he is playing on blank. Top 20, easily. And who will, be, who will he be playing for? Tampa Bay. He goes back Franch- to Tampa Bay. I, I think he's back on the Bucks on one-year deal. Maybe it's a little bit different now that Brady's gone, but... Yep, I think that that would be a game-changer for me. But I think, yeah, I think they used, probably use the franchise tag on Godwin and they uh, they keep him. What, what's the story with Godwin? Is he even going to play next year? I know he tore the ACL, but... Yeah, it, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky Man. one. If you're if you're Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay, if you're Green Bay at the start of the offseason, if you really want Aaron Rodgers to really be sold on your program, hello. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just think though for Tampa Bay, they can't lose Godwin, especially if they're if they're gonna let him if they don't use the franchise tag on him and he signs for a one year deal elsewhere. Like, oh well, Tampa Bay is in a lot of salary cap. It, oh, they are. They are. They're yes. It's a cat nightmare for. Do they tear uh, it? Do you think they kind of tear down and does? You know, it would really be crazy if Bruce Arians retires and Todd Bowles takes over the job and they kind of tear things down a little bit. That would be crazy. That would be. Cra- I mean, I can't see it. I can see it, right? Yeah, I can. I can. I think I look at it pretty much the same way as maybe like a uh, as Bill Belichick. If Bill Belichick didn't get his guy, then maybe he was going to be done. I kind of look at it the same way as Arians. But as you're if- kind of seeing it now with the Saints. It's probably going to be Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator. More than likely. The- yeah, more more than likely, you're kind of seeing it with the Saints. So, um, I could see with Arians. I mean, I don't understand why Arians is still the, you know, you're not winning the Super Bowl without Tom Brady. No. Unless you get Aaron Rodgers. I mean, then then obviously that changes things. Right. But right. All right, I'll give you I'll give you one more, and then uh, then we will uh, we'll get on out of here. Besides Debo Samuel, blank will be the biggest bust in 2022. Hmm. Big question. A, that that is a really Really, really big question right there. Yeah, I have to th- it's I a ha- loaded question. I have to think about this one for a little bit, but coming the name that kind of comes to mind to me, to be, to be completely honest with you, and <laughs> hear me out a little bit on this one. We may have the same guy, but keep going. Well, who? Well, who's your guy? I want to hear this one first. My guy is DeAndre Hopkins. No. I think D-Hop bounces back in a major, major way. To me, I think A.J. Brown is who he is at this point. Where He's he just gets considered. Where he just gets hurt. Get, he Kind of like a Julio Jones, interestingly enough, that's his teammate. Yeah. But he spread the sickness around. Exactly. So I, I just think A.J. Brown's a great player, but I think he might be a little – I mean, bro, he's been hurt, what, every every year? Of the, yeah. Has he played a full season yet, A.J. Brown? Mm-mm. Nope. And is Ryan Tannehill necessarily my uh, – Saving grace. Oh God, no. Oh God. No, 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 no. So oh. for me, it was AJ Brown. I was kind of curious to hear yours. No, AJ Brown's a good one. He's one that I definitely considered. It's it's the same injuries to them too. And I've always been and, and Hopkins too is very much in that same boat for me, where it's like anybody who has soft tissue issues, soft tissue issues. Wow. Didn't even plan that one. They repeat. They don't ever uh, yeah. really go away. I, I have Hopkins and Dynasty. I won a championship this year. I'm I'm looking to look to get something. I'm looking I, I'm, I think somebody can give me something. If somebody comes to me with a late first or an early second. An early second, or to be honest with you, like I don't need I, I think an early second, I think I would kind of just hang on to him at that point because my team's if, pretty good. So it's if like, someone were to offer you a, a late second and a second next year, would you do it? Uh, no. I, I don't know. Mid-second and a second next year. It depends on the team. I, I'm kind of looking for more of like a late. I'm looking for a guy that can help me out right away. Okay. I'm not really look, looking to rebuild, so to say. Okay. But it, like you can name like a, a who's like a good young receiver like that's kind of. Uh, hmm. What if someone offers you Calvin Ridley for Hopkins? I think I would do it. I think, think I, I would. would. How about. How about one of your favorite guys for next year? If someone were to offer you Claypool for Hopkins. <sighs> I, that's just kind of a guy I don't want to own ever again, to be completely yeah, honest with you. I, I mean, I'm in the same boat. But maybe. I think I'm definitely more excited with, with, with Calvin Ridley. Uh, Jerry Judy for Hopkins. No, because that, 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 listen, that, I don't want any part of the Denver Broncos offense unless we get some more clarity on the, uh, 
the pass catching. Uh, McLaurin for Hopkins. Thrower. McLaurin, yes, no doubt. Uh, I'll go deeper into the barrel. Uh, I'm on Ross St. Brown for Hopkins. See, that's the name I was thinking about. You want to hear the most brutal dynasty trade of this year? Yeah, I want to hear it. Swear to God, this hat. You want to hear some? All right, before I know, I don't want to get too too off track here. Oh, no, no, no. We got to have have an hour. We're perfect. So I'll give you three trades this year in my dynasty league. Okay. Number I'm, one, I'm write these down. This was the worst trade I've ever seen in Dynasty. Okay. No, not ever. I've seen definitely way worse, but I digress. Jeremy McNichols. Oh dear lord. And Darrington Evans for Amon Ross St. Brown as oh soon as there as soon as Derrick Henry got injured. Oh my god. Because remember the whole that everybody was very in on McNichols and the McNichols oh, own and the, and the horse Derek, come on. The Derek Henry the Derrick Henry owner was the the second place team so like he was a championship contender he had no other running backs after that so he thought McNichols would be and he had Adrian Peterson on his he had all the running backs oh my god but but oddly enough the one I picked up Deontay Foreman was like I had him on the my one. team he was the one imagine imagine if if I had Deontay Foreman and he had one of those games the first week. I could I could have got a Monroe St. Brown, and you'd be you'd be high on life. But but Mike Vrabel just hates fantasy. Didn't want to pick oh, a yes, running back yep. until yes, Mike Vrabel. It is known Mike Vrabel hates fantasy football. Confirmed. Okay, the second worst that I've seen, Michael Pittman and Kenneth Gainwell for Cordero Patterson. Oh dear! In a dynasty league. Now was Patterson was Patterson listed as a running back or as a receiver? Running back slash wide receiver. Oh, okay. So he could have been, he could have been placed as both. It could have been it's sleeper, so it's a little bit different than ESPN and oh, uh, okay, and Yahoo. okay, got it, got it. Sleeper is like a little bit more like with the times of, of fantasy football where it's that one. Okay, I, I, Bro, I have a question then, for this one. I have a question for this one before before I give my before the, I give the my Patterson team. owner the Patterson owner had. I thought the best team in the league until I dropped 200 points on him in the playoffs. Okay. That was the question I was going to ask was, is, was the guy getting Patterson, was he a contender? Yes. If it wasn't for my 200 point effort in the playoffs, he probably would have won the league. Okay. So it's not, it's not as bad. It's bad, but it's not as bad. Like, yeah, this deal looks like a, this deal looks like art of the deal game changer versus the McNichols Evans for St. Brown. That and that you want you want to hear a Cooper Cup dynasty trade? Oh my god, I can't wait to hear this. Okay. Two firsts. DJ Moore. Dalton Schultz for Cooper Cup. Oh my god. That's brutal. It's a lot. That's what he that's what he got. You thought you so you like the cup side obviously more. You think that's way too cheap for Cooper Cup, or too I mean, much? I'm all, I'm I think also, that's a little much to be completely. I'm honest also with discounting you. The, the two first is hefty. Dude, Dalton Schultz was a top like ten tight end the last year. He was, but the problem is that I really don't see Dalton Schultz being Dalton Schultz again if he you, leaves Dallas. Yeah. You want to hear what kind of shot this guy in the foot though? Please share. So he thought go- getting Cooper Cup was going for the championship, but his starting tight end, other than Dalton Schultz, was Darren Waller. And he didn't have a tight end to start for the rest of the season because Waller never played again. So he kind of shot himself in the foot there. If he would have just maybe stuck, I don't know if that, I mean, listen, I put up 200 points in the play. Dude, craziest playoff game of my life was putting up 200. Like, it, it, it was insane. Like, yeah, I, two, I don't even know. 200 in the playoffs is no slouch. 200 in the play. It was one of those. It was the game with Cincinnati, you know, with, with Mixon, one of his performances, and De- Devontae Adams. Oh, again. it was against, it was against Pittsburgh. Yes, Devontae Adams on Christmas, like Rogers on Chris. It was very Mark Andrews was on that, was on that. It was a very uh high time for me in fantasy. So Santa Santa blessed you with a uh, with a fantasy championship. Yep, exactly. But yeah, man, those were some crazy trades. I want to talk more about Dynasty on here, especially with r- rookie startup drafts. I have a, yeah. I have a sleeper. First rounder, I think, will be a first rounder in Dynasty. I think I might honestly – I have a really good tight end, but I think this guy's going to be a, a dominant tight end for the for years to come. Yeah, I think what we could do is when we get closer to 
uh, to the draft. Obviously, we'll be doing a lot of draft stuff on uh, on the pods. But I think after, before the draft, after the draft, well, after the draft, obviously, we'll have the, the annual uh, draft review show. That'll be on the Basin Talk podcast. But I think on here, what we can do, you and I, is Adam and I can do the just a draft general review. And then you and I can come on and do it like a do a dynasty dynasty startups are a week after. I mean, that's yes. what every every league does is a week after the draft. Yeah, if if not that weekend, like yeah, draft that, draft yeah. ends draft ends Saturday. People are drafting Sunday. Yeah, which well, is a I quick know. turnaround even for me. But yeah, I, I well, the thing is though, I want to do I, I I kind of like the dynasty format a little bit more than oh, redraft. I yeah, I completely. I want to do one with super flex, but. You know, we'll we'll get into that when someday down the line. But yeah, man, oh, we have exciting will. times. <laughs> it it most certainly most certainly is. So that's it for the, the this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Go check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Jake and I will be back next week for a Basement Talk Podcast. In the meantime, there will be a Basement Talk Podcast coming out on Friday. Uh, Adam and I will be doing that. We'll be recording that on tuesday so stay tuned for that and you'll be hearing that thursday or friday i believe that'll be friday morning uh that'll be in uh inboxes so keep an eye out for that leave a five-star review if you can tell us how much you uh, you love the program so for jake i'm bird thank you very much for listening and we'll catch you in the next one bye bye